0: Thanks for tuning into the Refuge Church Sermon Podcast. It's our prayer that the Spirit would use God's Word to stir your affections for Christ during this time. While we're glad to provide this online content, please remember that it's not intended to replace commitment and connection within a local church family. Now, here's this week's message. All right, all right, all right, all right. <coughs> 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 sorry i'm not I'm not trying to i don't want, i don't want to break up a good thing, but there is also after church after it doesn't go that long Trey's not here this morning, so I'm just kidding, and also no Jeremies are preaching, so it's it's gonna it's gonna be pretty good. Uh, I love how carried away you got with that. Great job, good job, Refuge. So uh, do it again after church is over. That would be awesome. This morning Trey is guest speaking at uh, another church that we are connected to, and so he's not here. But we are really blessed to have Ben and Kim Church, who are active missionaries to Kampala, Uganda. Did I say Kampala right? Okay. Uganda, and uh, they have been here. I'm going to go ahead and call Ben up. You come on up, and uh, they've been—they've already been in town for a couple of weeks, making the circuit, doing the, doing all the missionary things, and the travel alone, man, I can't tell you. But anyway, we're this is uh, this is a work that we support uh, in Uganda, and Ben's going to come and bring God's word to us and give us some updates this morning about uh, the work going on there. And so we're really we're really thrilled to have you. So I'm going to pray for you, and then we'll we'll get rolling. So Father, thank you for. Ben and Kim and the work that's going on um, in Uganda and with their family, we ask that your spirit be with us here this morning to give us ears um, to walk along in our hearts with, with Ben and with Kim uh, in this work and that uh, you continue to support and encourage and let this time be mutually supportive and encouraged to your people. And we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All
1: right. Thanks, brother. Thanks, sir. Well, good morning, Refuge i uh, really happy to be here with you this morning, um, together with my wife, Kim, and one of our children. Um, just as a reminder, my name is Ben Church. Don't get confused by my last name. I had to be a missionary, you know, with the last name of Church. Um, and uh, we have uh, five kids. Uh, we have a picture, actually, of our family here, um, the older ones are with their grandparents uh, this, this weekend. So, But Asher's 13, Elias is 11, Eva's 9, Ames is 6, and then Gabe here is 5 months old. So um, greetings from our whole family, and we want to say how much we appreciate you as a partner congregation. Um, you all have been partnering with us for maybe two years now, but this is the first time that we have got to be with you in person. So I've got to have some time with Pastor Trey, uh, but never here on a Sunday morning. So it's really encouraging for us, and it's a blessing to worship uh, the Lord with you. Um, I wanted to give you a few updates about our ministry before we get to the preaching of the word. We have been serving in Uganda for about 10 years, and the last five of those years we have been planting a church called Christ Our Refuge Church. We have a picture of our uh, congregation here. Um, We started just from scratch with some uh, other believers, Ugandan believers, doing Bible studies in our community. And God brought some people to faith, and people started to grow in their faith. And so now we have a congregation of about 50 adults and their kids. Uh, About 35 of our kids are from our adult members. But on a Sunday morning, we have 80 kids probably, flooding our little church compound because there are so many kids in Uganda and we are blessed because the uh, the parents in our community are okay with sending their kids to our church even though they themselves might not come but then some of them have started to come since their kids have been coming so I bring you greetings from Christ our refuge and we love that you all are also refuge so there's a connection uh, we're in the U.S. this summer for about three months, um, and the main reason for that is my wife Kim, she has been working on her master's. She's a, she's a registered nurse, but she's working towards becoming a nurse practitioner. And she's been doing that for uh, about three years so far, uh, mostly via distance. But now she's coming to the end of her program, and she had to get some clinical hours in. So she's been working at a clinic here in St. Louis City uh, and finishing up her clinical hours. And we praise God, she finished them last week, and it's been a huge, a huge achievement for her who's uh, a homeschooling mother, serves in ministry in our church, and doing this as well. Uh, so God has really given her grace to do that. And the reason she's becoming a nurse practitioner is so that she can be more equipped to serve uh, the health needs of people in our church and in our community because we know that health, our physical health is a huge aspect of who we are as people. And uh, when we are sick, we need help, don't we? And depending on where we live in the world, we can have more resources, access to more resources or less. And so in Uganda, it is a place of less access to health care. Um, There is good health care there, but you have to pay for it. You have to pay up front. There's no medical insurance. And so if you're struggling even to earn enough money to buy the food to eat, then how can you, when you get sick, pay additional money so that you can get treated? And so it's, it's part of the ministry of our church that people are constantly um, having these issues uh, of health care. We have a pic here of uh, Kim working with one of our members. Her name is Kwagala, and Kwagala in the local language of Luganda means love and she is a faithful member of our church. Um, she is a single mother. Uh, she works in a rock quarry and she by hand breaks large stones as part of her work, breaking up these stones, and she injured her back. And so she tried to keep working through that injury. It, it, she couldn't. The pain became too much. She went to the local clinic and This particular clinic didn't have qualified people to treat her. They gave her vitamins and they sent her back home. And then she's just bedridden. She can't come to church. She can't work. She can't earn money to provide for her family. And so um, Kim and a few ladies in the background, you see, visited her to find out what was going on, help her get the treatment that she needed. And so they're, they're doing some exercises to strengthen her back. They, they shared scripture with her, they prayed with her, and they encouraged her because she needed to rest. She needed to exercise to strengthen her back, and that meant still more time of not working, and still not uh, time having, uh, getting money to provide for her family. So the church also needed to help her with food. But she recovered, back to work, back in church, and we can repeat stories like this over and over, and so we believe that um, Kim becoming a nurse practitioner is really going to help her to grow this, um, this healthcare ministry. A couple of quick other updates before I get to the sermon, just a couple of the ministries that I'm excited about that's going on this year. Uh, one of them is a, a ministry of evangelism in our community. We have another picture here. This is me and our children's ministry coordinator, Emmy, and we're talking to a man, sharing the gospel with him, who's on a motorcycle. See, he's leaning on the motorcycle. That's because he's a motorcycle taxi driver. And these are common all over Kampala because it's a big city, a lot of traffic, and if you need to get somewhere quickly, you don't want to be in a car because you're just sitting in traffic. But if you're on the back of a motorcycle, you can weave around the cars and get to wherever you need to go. So these um, boda boda drivers are really common But you need to be careful. Don't don't just hop on anyone and wear a helmet if you do. Um, But we're going through just a a gospel presentation with him that was designed by our men's ministry leader. Um, We we bring out different topics that are relevant for people there. Um, This one might have been on suffering. Why does God allow suffering? Because um, what many of the churches in Uganda say is that If you really have faith in Jesus, then you won't suffer. If you really have faith in Jesus, then you won't get sick. Or if you're sick, he'll heal you. Or if you don't have a job, if you have enough faith in Jesus, he'll provide a job for you. And so the question of suffering is huge, and people are hearing these competing messages about what it means to follow Christ. And so we face, on the one hand, that prosperity challenge, and then on the other hand, the nominalism challenge of the traditional churches where someone might not have gone to church for three years, but their family is from one of the traditional churches. And so they are a Christian. And so on the one hand, it's very easy to talk with people about God because people are open to... People know that God is there. People know that the spiritual realm is there. uh, But they're convinced that because they have a family member in church, or because they go to a prosperity gospel church that they're a Christian. And so we have to take time sharing with them the message that you have heard repeated uh, in this service so often already. So that's evangelism. Um, We've had a few uh, professions of faith uh, this year. We've had a lot of people coming to to our services uh, because we've engaged with them during the week in this. So we ask that you would pray for that uh, ministry, that God would use it. And then the last one is uh, leadership development. Because we are a young church, um, we call it a mission church. We we don't have other elders. I'm the only elder there. And so we're training uh, men that maybe God is calling to become elders. So uh, this is a group of men that our congregation has nominated to serve as either an elder or a deacon. So I've been working with them on Sundays after service for three hours going through, what does the Bible say about serving as an elder and a deacon? And we're praying that maybe even by the end of this year, we can have our first elders, which would be a huge step for us as, as a young church. So we ask that you would pray for that as well. So uh, we want to come to the time of uh, the preaching of God's word. So if you have your Bibles with you, uh, turn with me in e- to the book of Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians 3, and the text is from verses 14 up to 19. And this is a prayer that many of us are familiar with. It's this beautiful prayer where Paul um, prays for spiritual strength for the Ephesian believers to understand the love of God, how how wide it is, how tall it is, how long it is. And it comes at this place in Ephesians after the first half of the letter where Paul has been explaining to them that God has actually chosen them from the foundation of the world to adopt them as his children, to save them through the work of Christ. And he applied that salvation to them through the work of the Holy Spirit. And he has brought them into the body of Christ. Whereas before, they were divided, and there was hostility between them and God. There was hostility between them and other people. But now, through the work of Christ, they've come into one body, and he has broken down that hostility. And now, they and we have access to this God who has brought us into relationship with him, access by faith. And uh, when we read this also, I want you to pay attention to the fact that it shows us something about God's church, which is multicultural and multiethnic. As we read, I want you to pay attention to that, that it, it actually helps us to understand why we should do missions. So let's um, give our attention to God's word as we read it this morning. Ephesians 3 from verse 14. It says, For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. That's God's word. Let's pray. Father, we praise you and we thank you for the gift of your word. Thank you, Lord God, that you don't leave us to stumble around in the darkness, but you shine the light of your word into our lives And it says that your word is a lamp to our feet. So we pray that as uh, we listen to your word, God, I pray that as I preach, you would shine the light of truth before us. God, that you would enlighten us in the knowledge of your word so that you would accomplish the work that you desire. Pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So this prayer uh, is a very beautiful one. It has these different aspects to it. It has these different truths in it. Uh, And it builds on itself as you read the different lines of the prayer. But if we boiled it down into one thing, this prayer is asking that God would give us the ability to deeply understand God's love in all of its various dimensions so that we can grasp hold of it so that, that word comprehend, is, it's like getting your mind around the fullness of it. We need spiritual strength so that we can grasp hold of this love, and then once we do, it will change us. It will make us different. It will fill us with the fullness of God, it says. But why would Paul be asking this, that we would know God's love? Because um, I assume that most of us this morning... You have trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ. He has purchased you with his blood. You've believed in it. And so you know God's love, right? Yes. But on the other hand, no. There is more that God wants for us to grasp hold of and understand and to see. Because we have seen it in the sense of we know enough that He has saved us and we've we've put our faith in Him. But there is this process of growing so that we experience the love of God in our lives. We have a spiritual experience in our lives so that it changes us. So I've been living in Uganda, um, I think I said earlier, for about 10 years now. And so whenever we come back to the States, I have to remember. I, I'm so used to living in East Africa that I'm not used to living in the U.S. anymore, and so different things like surprise me or are weird. I mean, one thing is air conditioning. It's it's 90 degrees outside, but then I come inside and it's 60 degrees, and my body is shocked. I can't. I don't know what to do. Uh, but the weather is very different depending on the time of year. So in Uganda, the weather's Perfect and beautiful. It's mid 80s all year round, and there's not much humidity. And where we are, we're on the shores of Lake Victoria, which is one of the biggest lakes in the world, so you feel the lake breeze, and you don't need air conditioning. It takes a few years to get used to not needing air conditioning. But then we come back to the States, and a couple years ago we were here during the winter, and we were staying just over next door in Cottleville, at a a missionary house there. And it's maybe early February or something. And it got so cold that the pipes in our house froze. And so I was surprised one morning. I I got up, I went to the sink, and I opened up the uh, tap, and it just dripped. There's just this small trickle. Maybe some of you have experienced this. Open it up, what's going on? I haven't seen snow for five years, and now my pipes are freezing. And so it took me longer that morning to make my coffee because I've got the hot pot and it's just dripping, just a little trickle. And if we are um, honest about the way we experience God's love in our lives, most of the time, would you agree with me? It's like a little trickle. It's like we know it's there, and we feel the movement of His Spirit, but it's just a little trickle. And we can experience for a period of time, and then we move on. And so we come to church, and we sing, and yes, I feel the truth of this song, I'm singing it from my heart, praise God, but then we, it quickly moves on. Or we hear the preaching of the Word, and we, God is working in our understanding, and we feel the movement of His Spirit, yes and then i move on it's like a little trickle but the what this prayer that we've read is telling us is that there's the possibility that it's not just a little trickle but it's this full flow of the love of god by the power of the holy spirit at work in us and our desire should be to ask for it and to pray for it, because that's what Paul is doing in this passage. He's praying that we would have an experiential understanding of God's love, that it goes so deep and powerful that it changes us. And there are three ways that this passage uh, helps us to see that, helps us to comprehend God's love. Number one is the source. Number two is the size of his love. And then number three is the result. The source of God's love, the size of it, and then the result. So first, the source of God's love. Where does the love of God come from? It comes from God, right? But not God in just a general sense, a generic sense. It is this specific God who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's the triune God. And so Paul says in verse 14, For this reason I bow my knee before the Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the one who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And one of those being the fact that he predestined us for adoption as his sons and daughters, like it says in Ephesians 1. So this Father... His love is intimate. It is strong. He's a protector. He's a provider. And praise God for the fathers that he has given to us who have been able to show this to us, isn't it? Those of us who have had loving fathers who worked for the family, who provided for the family, who who gave us love and affection. That's a reflection of the fatherhood of God. But our earthly fathers are just a a broken reflection. This exalted father is completely perfect in his love towards you, his children. He has all kinds of riches. He has all kinds of resources because it says in verse 16 that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened. It never goes away. He has all these riches for you. It says, every family in heaven and on earth is named from him, meaning all of the families on earth, all of the families that have been, they, they come from him. They're there because of him. And they find their fulfillment when they follow his order, when they embody his love. Uganda is a very young country. I told you that at Christ Our Refuge, we have kids, many kids coming, and actually half of the population, the the whole population is 46 million people. It's the size of about the state of uh, Idaho, I think. 46 million people. Half of those people are 15 years old and younger. Um, It's a nation of many children, but few fathers. This is partly because... Fathers have lost their lives through different conflicts, like the Bush War back in the 1980s, or in northern Uganda, Joseph Kony and his terrorism that killed many people in the late 90s and early 2000s. Fathers have died because of sickness and just the challenge of living in um, a developing country. So, all of these things take tolls on fathers. And then especially in the urban environment where we are, um, you have many children who are born outside of marriage. With all of the um, ease it is to go and live together without being married, children come and then the father leaves. And that's why churches need to be planted there. That's why we need biblical, healthy churches that proclaim the love of God the Father And extend the love of God the Father. Because it's through the preaching of the gospel that children, boys, girls, men, women, they come to know the love of God the Father. Like it says in Psalm 68, he's a father to the fatherless. He's a protector of widows. So that's the Father, and then there's also the Son. Paul prays in verse 17 that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And then in verse 19, that we would know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. So he's the the only, the unique, beloved son of God. And it says in John chapter 3, that the father loves the son and has given all things into his hand. That's the son of God. And in him we have redemption through his blood, like it says in Ephesians 1. So there's the Father, there's the Son, and then there's the Spirit. Paul prays in verse 16, if you look there with me, he's asking God that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being. It's the Spirit of God that applied his salvation to you. He he came and washed you. He came and gave you new life. And he applied the word of God to you. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. So it's this triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, that is the source of God's love. Now listen to what one theologian says about this. He says, God is the fountain of love as the sun is the fountain of light. And therefore, the glorious presence of God in heaven fills heaven with love as the sun on a clear day fills the world with light. Think about just looking outside on a clear day and you have the sun shining in the sky and it fills the world with light. The triune God fills heaven with his love like the sun fills the world with light. So he says, In heaven dwells the God from whom every stream of holy love proceeds. There in heaven dwells God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit, united as one in infinitely dear and incomprehensible and mutual and eternal love. And there this glorious fountain forever flows forth in rivers of love and delight. And these rivers, they swell to an ocean of love, in which the souls of the ransomed may bathe with the sweetest enjoyment, and their hearts are deluged with love." Isn't that an amazing picture that we as God's people can bathe in his love which flows from him? Is that how you see God? This source of eternal and perfect love which you can soak in and bathe in and have that faucet opened up and pour out on you because of what Christ has done for you. This is the only source There's no other person, there's no other thing that you can get this. It's only in this God. So that's the source of God's love. And number two is the size. How big is God's love? Many of us know these children's books, and we've read them to our kids maybe, where the parent is telling the child how much they love them, and so they'll say, Oh, my son, I love you to the moon and back. Or, oh, my daughter, I love you as big as the world. And there's something similar that's going on in this text. Because uh, Paul describes the love of God in these different ways. If you look with me in verse 18, he prays that we may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and what is the length, what is the height, and what is the depth. So it's wanting us to think in these three-dimensional way, this three-dimensional way. So what is it talking about? Let's look at first the width. How wide is the love of God? Well, it's wide enough to save all kinds of people. Revelation 5 tells us that by his blood, Christ purchased a people from every tribe and tongue and nation. His love is so wide that it applies to people from all different times in in the world, from all different places in the world, no matter what language they speak, no matter what color their skin is. And it broke down, like we heard earlier, it broke down those walls of hostility that were separating them. Uh, In Uganda, uh, like I said, it's not that big geographically. But in diversity, and the different types of people groups, it's very wide. Uh, There are over 40 different tribal groups in this one country. Each of those tribal groups speaks a different language. And many times there are good relationships across the different tribes, but sometimes there are also conflicts for different reasons. But because we're in Kampala, we're in the capital city, we have people from all over the country who come to the city and work. Um, we have, in our church, probably five different tribes that are represented. And there's one young man um, who began coming before we had even started, just to our Bible studies. Excuse me. His name is Bismarck. And he's from an eastern, the eastern part of Uganda, a place called Kapchorwa. And they speak a different language there. So he comes to Kampala, and he has his family members that he's staying with, but he's struggling to get to know people around. He's trying to find work, because he has no work back in his home village. And God led him to our Bible studies. And he began to hear the word of God. He began to hear the gospel and believe it. And then he began to build relationships with people from different tribes. Something, I don't know where he could have done that if it weren't the church. But then it was very interesting. One Sunday after service, we were having a meal together. Just a a simple meal, kind of like a potluck. Though potlucks, you don't do potlucks in Uganda. You do, but you have a meal together. So um, there's a story there. Uh, We've tried. It doesn't work. Uh, But we were eating this meal after service. And I'm sitting next to Bismarck, and as we're eating, he just turns to me and he says, Pastor Ben, this is the love of God. And it might sound simple, right? We're just having a meal after church. But he's experiencing how wide the love of God is. That he can form deep relationships with people from a different tribe, and who speak a different language. And he can eat together with them, and they can... Trust in and worship this same God. So God's love is wide, not only for all different kinds of people, but for you as a person. God's love for you is wide. Even the parts of you that you would rather people not see, God knows all of you, and he loves you still. That's how wide his love is. So there's the width, and then second, there's the length. The length of God's love. In terms of time, how far back in time does the love of God go? Well, it tells us earlier in Ephesians it goes into eternity past because you were predestined in him before the foundation of the world. And his steadfast love continues from his creating the world all throughout history to the coming of Christ all the way up these 2,000 years later to this time. God has loved you since you were in your mother's womb. God has loved you your entire life up to this point. Some of us think, though we wouldn't say it out loud, that did God really love me before I was saved? Did God love me even before I trusted in him? Yes. And it's his love that he led you to trust in him. And his love is going to continue for you all the way up until your death and then through your death into eternity. That's how long the love of Christ is. Amen, church? Now, I have to remind you, I'm coming from East Africa. And uh, I talked to Pastor Trey about this. I said, Trey, I'm used to people responding, you know, uh, saying amen, saying hallelujah. Sometimes people start clapping because they respond with their body. I think it's something that the African church can even teach us, don't you think? So, so, amen. So you're free to say amen, you're free to clap, because this is amazing what we're talking about. So there's the length of God's love, and then there's the height. How high does it go? Psalm 36 says, your steadfast love extends to the heavens, and your faithfulness to the clouds. So it goes all the way up to heaven. That's where Jesus was, right, before he came down to earth. And after he accomplished his mission on earth, he ascended back up to that place. And we might even have read it this morning. Ephesians 2 says that he raised us up with him and sat us with him in the heavenly places. Hebrews seven twenty five says, He is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. For it was fitting that we should have such a high priest holy, innocent, unstained, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. Jesus, who's exalted to the heavens, intercedes for you because of his love for you. That's how high it goes. And then lastly, the depth. It goes from the highest of heights to the lowest of depths because even though he was in the form of God, he didn't count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he made himself nothing. He became a servant, And humbled himself to death, even death on a cross. But it wasn't just the pain of the cross. It wasn't just the shame of the cross. But it was bearing the wrath of God for your sin on the cross. So that Jesus went to the depths of hell for you. That is how low. That is the depth of God's love for you. Goes from the highest of heights to the lowest of depths. Do you see how, how big this is? Are you beginning to comprehend it? Beloved believer. But the problem is we can't really grasp it by ourselves. And that's why Paul is praying that we would be strengthened to do it. To, to, if we were just to be able to understand it ourselves, it would be like going to the gym when you've never worked out before, and you go to the... Uh, the bench press, and you have your friend load each side of the bench press with all of the weights, you know, the biggest weights, and then you go to push it up. Do you think you're going to push it up? I don't think so. I know I, I wouldn't. But that's what it's like for us in our weakness, in our humanity, in our limitedness, to try and grasp hold of this thing. And so that's why we need God to strengthen us by his spirit so that we would experience the full flow. And it's this mystery of the Christian life that God strengthens us with his grace so that we can respond, so that we can obey him. But then there are some hindrances, and that's what I wanted to take a little bit of time to share with you, some of the hindrances that that prevent us from grasping hold of this love one of them is pride. One of them is thinking that, uh, yeah, shouldn't God love me? And isn't that the, the assumption of most people today? God should just love me, just because of who I am. Um, it be, it's a pride that is like the, uh, the Pharisee who prayed, God, thank you that I'm not like other people. Thank you that I'm not like this tax collector. But if we have that kind of you, which is so easy to have, we're going to miss it. Another hindrance is shallow prayer life. A shallow prayer life. For some of us, our prayer life is not strong enough. It's not deep enough. We're believers. We love the Lord. But it's not strong enough to feel this full flow. Because we fill up our lives with all these different things. And uh, Jeremy was talking about it just before the offering, wasn't it? We fill up our lives with activities. We fill up our lives with work. We fill up our lives uh, with entertainment. And so we have no room to actually stop and pray. Because this isn't something that's going to come just because while I'm commuting to work, let me... No. We need to actually pray. We need to reflect on Scripture. And if we don't have space in our lives to do it, it's not going to happen. And I see it every time I come back to the States, brothers and sisters. After being in in Africa for this time, and I come back, and we will want to visit with a good friend we haven't seen in years, and they'll say, "Ah, maybe I can get you in next month. Ah. And I know I would probably be in the same place if I were them, because it's the air that we breathe in this culture, isn't it? But if we're going to experience this, we need space. We need to pray. We need scripture. We need the fellowship of the saints. I'll get to that in a minute. Actually, that's where I'm going now. The third is isolation. If we isolate ourselves... I lost my page, but that's okay. If we we isolate ourselves from... The communion of saints and from the the means of grace look with me in verse 18 that you may have strength to comprehend with all the saints with all the saints there are things about the god's love that you are not going to experience if you're by yourself so we need a personal prayer life we need a personal uh devotional life but if we separate that from the church, then we're going to miss out. We need every week to be reunited with the church and to worship him together as God's people. And didn't COVID just totally destroy that? And it, and it made us even more isolated than we already were. But it's not just the, the, the church. Um, in, this, in the local expression of the church, But it's people from different places, believers from different backgrounds, believers who have different skin colors, believers who make different amounts of money or have had different levels of education than we have had. We need to be together because this is with all of the saints that we grasp this love together. I would love if some of you could come on a short-term trip to Uganda and just come and worship with us on a Sunday morning. And see how God uses that to open your eyes to his goodness and his love. And this is your invitation, by the way. I think Pastor Trey would be okay with that. If you want to come and visit us, please, you're very welcome. As they say in Uganda, you are most welcome. And you will learn different things, you will see different things, just the same way as if a believer from Africa came and worshipped together with you. Some of you have traveled to different places and you have worshiped with God's people and you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's together with all of the saints that we can grasp hold of this. So we get to the last point then. We have seen the source of God's love. We've seen the size of God's love. And now the result. What's the result that should happen? If you look with me in verse 19... It says, And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all of the fullness of God. So once we have grasped hold of this love that he gives to us, we are filled with his fullness. What does that mean? Um, You might, as you've heard this so far, you might have been thinking, this is pretty emotional. Is he talking about emotionalism, just having this strong experience where, oh yes, I feel overwhelmed. Uh, no, that's part of it. We should engage our emotions. We, f- we should feel overwhelmed at times. But if it stays there, then it hasn't been a true work of God's love. Because we can come to a worship service, and for example, we can cry. Okay? We can be moved by something, and we can just cry. And we have emotional experience, but then we go home, and our life is no different. I have no more joy in my life. I have no more patience in my life. I have no more kindness towards those around me in my life. It means I've just had an emotional experience. But if I've truly been filled with the fullness of God, I grow and mature and I begin to experience those kinds of things in my life. I feel the Spirit working in me so that I'm changed. If you look with me uh, later in Ephesians chapter 4, look with me from verse 13. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so it builds itself up in love. So when we've grasped a hold of this, we mature, Personally, we mature, but then corporately together, we mature so that the body is working together, so that the body is being the hands and feet of Jesus, this mature body, and each part is working properly, and it makes the body grow. That's what happens when we grasp hold of it, and so let's pray together as his people that he would work in us in that way, that we would experience that result. Of his love. Let's pray together as we conclude. Father God, how amazing is your love towards us. Thank you again for revealing it to us through your word, and we pray, God, that you would uh, cause the seeds of your word to grow in the hearts of your people. Lord, that your truth would remain. Anything that's said that is not in accordance, Lord, that it would fall away. But you would cause to happen whatever you desire and accomplish the purpose of your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Building our identity in Christ for the sake of the world. That's the mission of Refuge Church. For more information, visit us online at seekrefuge.net.